back we are back and we are back live we are here on our youtube channel also we are on our facebook what? live channel and man i'm your boy jeff what? first and foremost want to give all praise to the most high yahweh the one who forgot son yahweh shah who the world called jesus christ but keep god first and everything that we do when it comes to the saucy family and i got my gracious co-host with me you say what up to the nation what's going on everybody hey it's your boy young dad Good to see you guys again. It's fucking Friday night. What am I doing here? But I ain't got nothing else to do. I'm glad I'm here. Uh, so there it is. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, before we um, introduce our guests, uh, first and foremost, you guys, make sure you, you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe to us on Facebook as well. Um, also, we got some merch some on Teespring, so make sure you get some official Social Conversations merch. Okay. And also, we are sponsored. As always, we got the Click A Vodka in the building. Go get you some Click A Vodka. Easy. Hit that link. The link is in the description. And they can actually ship the bottles to your house. And, and also, we have another sponsor, which is Holistic Families. They have everything. CBD mm -hmm. oils, mm -hmm. uh, body butters, and everything. Don't forget to use that promo code, mm -hmm. uh, HR Meat Saucy, mm -hmm. at the checkout. And you get 10% mm -hmm. off. All right? 10% off off man we got a special guest in the house uh she's an author it's not 30 <laughs> right man we got a special guest in the house uh <laughs> she has the book out a memoir uh the good stripper is a soccer mom memoir of lies lost and lap dances very interesting huh ladies and gentlemen social nation I like that i would like to welcome miss marcy handcraft to the building what's up what's up hello how you guys doing What's up? Well. What's up? Glad to have you on the show. Glad to have you on the show. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely, 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 absolutely. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. um, out to our guests. Um, let's let's get let's get right into. It. Let's get to the uh, forget the bread and sandwich. You try to get into the meat real quick. Let's get right into the meat real quick. Uh, tell us about your <laughs> tell us about you hungry, your, I'm, hungry. Like you I'm hungry. I'm hungry, man. I, I think I need a steak or something. You know, I, I, I you know I, I, I try uh, to get to the meat. Got? You know what I'm saying? Damn the vegetables, okay? What I try to get the steak. <laughs> so, Ms. Marcy, man, uh, tell what us about yourself. Uh, tell us tell, let's start with the beginning. Before we get to the present and the future. Tell us about the beginning. Uh, tell us um, about your household. How did you grow up and everything? Where did you grow up and how was Ooh. growing up? Okay. Well, I grew up in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Ah. Um, mm -hmm. And I'll tell you that my childhood at the very, very beginning was great. Like on paper, everything was great. I sort of middle class, I guess, um, you know, two parents. I was the, the baby of an older brother, older sister. Uh, very loved. I felt very safe. I, I was very encouraged, especially by my mom, to, like, speak out against anything. So I always stood up for what I believed in. And I I always danced and, uh, like, liked to perform. And I also played sports. So I was really confident. I was a very, I was a very confident kid, but also very opinionated, not intimidated, by anything or anyone. And then when I was 10, my parents got divorced and my father left. And that was shitty because he didn't want to be a, a father. He didn't, he'd sort of left my mom to raise three kids on her own. But it wasn't mm. traumatic because my mother was spectacular. And mm. Mm. my brother, 
who was five years older, was amazing. And I always describe him as the invisible armor that I wore out in the world. My mother was my safe place to come home to, and my brother was the invisible armor that protected me and, and was just – he was what my father should have been, I guess, you know, like mm-hmm. the, the sun, the moon, the stars. My life changed when I was 17, and my brother got sick, and he died when I was 17, and he was 21. And he, he was ill at the end, but I was protected. Like my, the rest of my family didn't sort of want me to worry. And so I was literally writing an exam in school when he died. Like I just did not see it coming. And that completely changed my life mm. because I saw that, that bad things happened, right. that suddenly I didn't feel safe mm-hmm. in the world. And I also mm-hmm. felt that he deserved to be here more than I did. I felt that he was a better person than I was. I felt that he would do more for the world than I could. I felt that people needed him more Mm. than they needed me. And Mm. so my self-esteem just dropped. And I I felt like I had to be, if I was going to be here instead of him, I couldn't be average. I had to be amazing. And I didn't Mm -hmm. feel like I was, I never felt for the next 25 years that I was ever Mm. good enough to be here instead of him. And then Within a year, so take that year that I'm going through this trauma of my brother died, my mother had remarried like mm. right after he died, and my stepfather turned out to be um, a bank robber who was, yeah. What? Um, <laughs> Jesse James in the house. What's going I, on? I, no. I, I, well, pretty honestly, was, he, was, he, told us, he told us he was a caterer. They, my mother had really? met him through friends, and he, yeah, he was with us for about two years, and he would cater a church breakfast every two weeks. So we'd have to get up very early in the morning and be out all day cooking and then (laughs) be out all night cleaning. And what happened really was he was robbing banks every two weeks and he was caught in the act. He had robbed 47 banks at that time. Wow. They called him the, yeah, they called him the satchel bandit because he carried a little bag with him and he got, yeah, and he, he got, uh, he got the, the max, which is 21 years, but he, I think in Canada you serve a third. So that was yeah. right after. So that was, a, that was a lot to kind of do. And then my mom got sick. Um, and my whole, mm. it, it, I, it, the foundation under me was just gone. And I, mm-hmm. I developed an eating disorder because, again, I felt like I had to be, the only thing I could control was my life. And, and so I developed severe body image um, and eating disorder issues and, and that is how I went into the next. So the first, the first part of my life was great. And then starting from 17, it, it just, it completely changed. And mm-hmm. I moved to Toronto and ended up getting married too early. Um, and, and from there, things got, <laughs> life was like, oh, you thought that was, that was nothing. And life mm-hmm. just kept throwing just trauma after trauma after trauma at me. Until until it was too much, and I I kind of broke, and I I mm. developed something called traumatic overload, where you just can't handle trauma anymore, and you almost dissociate. And I became almost two people for for a bunch of years, and that mm. that's sort of what happened. That's what I wrote the book about. Right. Uh, my, wow. My next my wow. next question to you: uh, Why you um. Can I, can I, can I, hold on, can I, can I comment? Can I comment? Yeah, yeah, Tell me, Jeff, can I just comment for a go second? Ahead, I, I, I just, you know, you know, first of all, uh, just you know, re- rewinding all the way back to the to the Quebec, right? That area uh, is that the, is that where they eat the poutine? Is that what that is up there? Say, well, if you're gonna say it, if you're gonna say it right, which no yeah, one does. You know, no, I know, I know, yeah, I'm right, so yeah, correct right, me, right, please. Right, yeah, pretend, yeah, pretend. Okay, okay, that's it. That's from that's, that region, yeah, right? that's Quebec. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Well, no, it just sounds like a lot of trauma. It really does. I mean, <laughs> that's, that and that's, for, just, that's the beginning. There's they just that was, that's just the that's what I'm saying. I mean, look, you know, the loss of anyone is is traumatic. I've had loss in my family, and it just is. I mean, it will spur people. It'll take you on paths that either you either go on yourself or have no or go on involuntarily. You know what I mean? Exactly. And so, mm-hmm. wow. So yeah, I know that that was just the beginning, and I'm sure. That uh, you had, you know, you probably have a volume, and you, you know, with the things that you've gone through that I've heard so far. So yeah, I'm, 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 uh, I'm excited to hear more. Yeah, right. Um, so, so my next question. And what was your question? Yeah, yeah. So my next question is, um, what? Because it's hard, like you said that, like it's hard to lose a loved one. I just lost a loved one myself, my cousin. 
So it's hard to get over that sometimes. And it's hard to Absolutely. think about life without that person. So my question to you is, what was that one thing or many things that actually got through, that actually got you through that process? I'll tell you, I don't, I, if <laughs> anyone who knows me would say, I don't know that I have. I mean, I don't think mm-hmm. that I will ever... I, I feel like it's when you lose somebody that you're so close to, I feel like it's almost like losing an arm because you, you learn how to go on and to do, you can do almost the same things, but it's mm-hmm. different and it's more challenging and you know, it's not there. You can still live your life, but it's not the same. So a few years later, actually I was pregnant with my first baby when my mom died. And again, she was a single parent. She, I was extremely close to her, and I was not prepared. I was 28 years old, pregnant mm. with my first baby. Um, did not expect to be a mom without my mom. Um, and I, I, so I, ca- I can't honestly say that I that I've gotten. I still need them. I still need my mother, my brother. I will tell you that what I do do though is I started many, many years ago, maybe 25 years ago, where I have this tradition, where mm-hmm. on their birthdays and on the days that I lost them, I do random acts of kindness. So I'll go to a coffee shop and I will prepay anonymously for 10 people's coffee or I'll mm-hmm. go to a drive through and buy something for, and I do it in their memory right. because it's mm-hmm. instead of mourning their death, I celebrate their life because they were so full of life and love that I don't want to, to on, I don't feel to honoring them to marinate in the misery. So I, I, mm-hmm. I try to find ways to focus on, talking about them and, and finding fun ways to remember them. And that, that helps me, right. that mm-hmm. helps me through, but I don't think you can ever, I don't be, listen. I'm not one for cliches. And I will tell you, I don't think time heals always. <laughs> it, it makes them a little bit less painful at times. And then there are things where it could be 30 years later and you hear a song or you have a memory and the mm-hmm. wounds are open again. I mean, right. grief is, I find that the deeper you love, the mm-hmm. deeper you hurt. Right. And that's, I guess that's the, what, what, like, I always think maybe if they weren't so amazing, I wouldn't miss them so much, but I was lucky enough to have such amazing support that what's going to come of it is that I am going to feel cheated that, that I don't have them anymore, but I'm so grateful that I, that I did have them. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I try to focus on. Mm Absolutely. Yeah. 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 yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think the, I think the more, you know, the more you give, you know, to those that are here, you know, when we are loving them, the deeper it does cut, you know, when they are gone. And so, you know, again, you know, uh, loss is tough. And I, I don't think you ever heal, you know. I think, you know, you forever are fucking bandaging yourself up, you know what I mean, and turning yourself up. And sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, the the re, the re, the re, when the scab comes off, it's a little tougher at times, you know what I mean. It kind of ebbs and flows, you know. You just have to learn how to deal with it. It's almost like this fucking pandemic that we're in, you know. People better get ready, get yeah. used to the mask, you know what I mean. So, because it may be here. I'm an old here. So I ain't gonna fucking run to my cave. I'm gonna have to adjust. You see what I'm saying? And so, right. you know, I applaud you for doing that, man. And but no, it never does. It never does totally go away. And so, yeah, kudos, you know, for you for doing that and and for putting your story out there. Because there's some people that they they run and they, you know, and and not to that, you know, I'm not blaming the victim at all. But you know, you got to really be, you know, vigilant, you know, for yourself uh, at those times because it can drag your ass way down. And it did. It did. And, and that's the Absolutely. thing. It, it did for a while. But, yeah. but it was what I found was by sharing my story, I, I got yeah. it out. It, when you keep it inside, yeah. it's just doing damage. It's just, it's, just, it's just causing, it's making you sick inside. But when you get it out, mm-hmm. it's scary because then you're putting yeah. it out there for people to judge. But the judgment right. isn't going to hurt me. Right. It hurts. It does more damage to me, my secrets and my pain. That does more damage to me when I keep it inside. When I Absolutely. let it out... It doesn't, it doesn't hurt me as much. And so I think that that's, that's something that I, I know a lot of people are afraid of telling their stories. But I think that, that it's the fear that's so much, that causes so much more damage than actually letting the secrets out. And I, and I wish that we could feel more supported as a society to, to tell our truths. But that's what, that's what I do, I guess. I, I guess I, <laughs> I'm there doing it so that other people yeah. can maybe feel safe doing it too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At least with me, you know, I release it and then people talk to me. At least I'm a safe place for people who, who know that I won't judge, who know that, that they are safe to share their story with me because I've done it. 
absolutely absolutely absolutely, absolutely. I, I always preach that all the time uh, if you don't feel comfortable actually going to therapy and like that if you if you can find like a, a close friend or mm-hmm. a close family member that you're actually close with and this um that you actually trust like you just said you could actually vent to them and that could get whatever that, that's on your mind for that day or been bothering you for a while mm-hmm. uh, is actually therapeutic to actually talk to someone because everybody needs someone to talk to i don't care who you are <laughs> Will you talk to a higher power? And if you don't, though, some people don't even. Yeah, well, that's true too. Or meditate, or write. Like I find, honestly, it's something. a tough thing. Tough thing people do. But just even if you get it out on paper, yes. mm-hmm. get just get it out of here and get it out of here and get right. out of here. Like just get it out somehow. Otherwise, it's holding you prisoner. You've got to mm-hmm. let it go. You have to release mm-hmm. it. Absolutely. It eats at you. It's toxic. You, mm-hmm. But it does. It, it really it does. does. It eats at you, man. It does. It, it's like a, an amoeba or something like that. What am I talking about amoeba? I don't even know what the fucking amoeba is. But it's like a, <laughs> what it is. You know what I mean? But it is. You know, it's like a bacteria like that. that's just, yeah. It's, yeah, it does. It destroys yeah. you. Absolutely. And we're so, but what is it that, we, why is it that we don't let it out? It's fear. It's fear of being judged. It's fear of people. Yeah. Of people not of, of going to somebody and saying and them not wanting to hear because other people yeah. there are plenty of people who are uncomfortable with That's other true. people's grief or other people's shame or other people's story. There people are going so you have to find the right people and if, if you talk to somebody and they don't take it in the right way, don't let that turn you off of talking to people. You've just right. chosen the wrong person, and that's not. Right saying that there's something wrong with them, people are only capable of what they're capable of, right? If somebody right. isn't capable of, of being there for you, well, you just need to find somebody who is and, and, and keep looking. But yeah, you gotta, you got to get it. Because I think what happens is too, when we keep our stories inside, we think we're the only ones that have done certain things or the only ones that are going through certain things. And that feeling of isolation makes things even worse. So when you tell people... You have no idea. I had no idea when I wrote the book how many people would message me that I've never met from all over the world who are saying, I've been through this or I've been through mm-hmm. that. And you you realize, oh, I'm not alone with this. And it's mm-hmm. that is comforting. So you can find support when you speak out. There's the possibility of finding support where you never would have even thought to look. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. So you, you empower people. Right, right. So, so you, you can exactly not even just by telling your story, you can empower other people. Absolutely. That's right. You empower people. Yeah. yeah. So, so you mentioned after your mom died, you was pregnant. So, what is going through your mind? Right What's that? Now? So, so, you said after your mom died, right? That uh, you yeah, was, you was pregnant and you didn't, you didn't, you know. Yeah. How? What? what first of all, what was the first thing that that went through your mind once you find out you was pregnant and? And how, how did you deal with it going forward? After I lost her? Well, the thing is, so I, I was married at the time, and I had had two miscarriages by this point. So I had already been through two losses. And so I got pregnant again for the third time, and I told my mom. We were living, I was living on the other side of the country, so I had moved at this point. Mm-hmm. And so we were, but we still spoke like three times a day. She was very, very excited about the baby. And she really had a good feeling about this one. Like she really felt that this one was going to be okay. And I had gone for my first ultrasound and everything was okay. And then I got a call from my sister who was in Montreal. And she said, you have to come in now. And I said, I'm coming in and to come in like today because she's dying. And I was why are you talking about? Cause she, and she didn't want to tell me she was sick again. She had breast cancer. Because she was, she didn't want to stress me out after having two miscarriages. Right. So she was trying to protect me. Mm-hmm. But it was the same way they tried to protect me when my brother was sick, right? They didn't tell me how sick he was because they wanted to protect me. But then I was blindsided when he died. And this was the same mm-hmm. thing. So I flew in to Montreal and I got to see her for maybe 24 hours before she died. Mm. Wow. Um, and I couldn't, I couldn't let myself complete. Yeah, it was an awful feeling. My sister and I are at 2 o'clock in the morning. We're writing her eulogy, and I'm pregnant. And mm-hmm. it was just mm-hmm. not okay. Yeah, but surreal, at the same man. time, horrible. And at the same time, I couldn't let myself fully feel it because I was pregnant, right? And I, and I was afraid of the stress that it would cause. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I had to concentrate on being okay for the baby, being okay for the baby. And then what happens is, and, I, and it's, it's, it's kind of crazy, it's, her, she actually saved my baby's life because mm. what, what happened was there was negligence in her case. She had a very arrogant doctor who had seen something 
on a mammogram, didn't tell her about it. And it was, she had to fight to, to be tested again. And he just, he messed up majorly. And mm. her message to my, to my sister and I were, if you feel something's wrong, fight for it. Don't let anyone tell you that, that you're crazy. Don't, you know, it's you, Absolutely. you fight for your body, you know, your body. And so mm-hmm. my mother had passed away. It was June. I was due in November and now it's September. So it's just a couple of months after she died. And I felt something was wrong with the baby. I just mm. felt something. He wasn't a big kicker, but he was a swimmer and he just mm. wasn't moving. And I just knew something was wrong. And I went to the hospital and they, they told me, no, you're fine. They said, you know, if you, if I mean, I was crying, like something's not, I know. And he was like, you're being neurotic. I'm telling you, you're fine. They, they said, if you go home and if you still feel like this in a week, come back. So I went home and I cried the whole night. And then I remembered my mother, her advice was, you fight for what you believe. I went back the mm-hmm. next day. I spoke to a different doctor. He checked me out. He said, something's wrong. Um, we don't know what. They did an emergency C-section. And mm. he had lost 75% of his blood when they pulled him out. There, were, there was a problem. And they had said, if we had waited an hour, not, not mm-hmm. a week, an hour, we would have lost him. And there was still, like, we didn't know when he was delivered. They said that he was white but not blue so that was good but we didn't it was it was touch and go for a little while so um but it was her it was her lesson Mm -hmm. that made me go back because the doctor said don't you know don't Mm -hmm. come back and i did and and so um and then he was great i mean he was he's perfect but but that was but even that like i remember sitting in the hospital thinking Okay, you hear you hear you're in the maternity ward, but your baby's not with you because he was in the the NICU. You hear all the other babies, and I'm like, I remember thinking, what did I do in a past life? Like, what what mm-hmm. horrible person was I that mm-hmm. I have this kind of that I can't even enjoy giving birth? Like, I can't even have a good experience with this. This has to be traumatic. Mm-hmm. So, but then I, I had to be I had to sort of get my shit together because I had this baby to take care of. Um, and then, oh Lord. Okay. And then <laughs> I have to laugh cause it's, it's, you know, you laugh or cry, right? So Absolutely. My, my son was doing great. And at about a, when he was about a year, I found out I was pregnant again and everything was going well. And then at about five and a half months pregnant, I started to not feel well. I had some really bad pain in my stomach and Long story short, um, I had developed like a bronchitis and I was put on antibiotics and unbeknownst to me, the antibiotics just, I, I got something from they When you take an antibiotic, it kills the bad bacteria, but it also kills good bacteria and it let this other bacteria grow. And I ended up um, in the hospital for two months with kidney failure and respiratory mm. failure Mm. And pneumonia, and I got the superbug, the MRSA virus that you get in the hospital. And um, I was put on a ventilator for two and a half weeks and eventually mm. needed a tracheostomy and mm. had surgeries. And um, they gave me a 25% chance of surviving. And, mm. uh, and I lost the baby um, because he just couldn't hold on to what was going, going oh, on through God. everything. Um, mm-hmm. So, th- mm. and then, yeah, so I had to learn how to walk again and talk again and uh, breathe on my own. And, um, that was devastating. And I, and I had a 16 month old, my, my older son was 16 months old at this time. And I, you know, was, I hadn't spent a day away from him and now I was two months away, not knowing when I was going to get out to be able to see him. And, um, but then I survived clearly, um, and had to go through again. I, I couldn't let myself completely feel the loss of that baby because I had this other baby at home that I need to focus on him. I need to focus on getting healthy. So again, it's all this grief that I'm not really getting a chance to deal with also. Um, But then, so then, then um, we moved back east to Toronto and um, I decided I want another baby, even though my doctors are like, are you crazy? Um, But I get pregnant again and I have another miracle baby and he's great. So I have two sons. But at this point, and this, this I'm, you, I'm not going to get into too much because you're going to have to read the book. But mm-hmm. at this point, my marriage took a turn. And um, mm-hmm. my partner at the time took a bit of a turn with me. And um, I, he wanted to open up our marriage, and I didn't want to. Um, in the past, 
asked, he brought it up and I didn't want to. At this point, I mentioned I had been through physically, emotionally, so much trauma that I was not, I knew something, I wasn't feeling myself. I even called my doctor back West and said, something's not right. I'm not, I'm not sleeping. I'm not eating a lot. I'm, I'm sort of hyper. I'm, something's not right. And he was like, no, it's just pregnancy. But I became very susceptible and vulnerable. And at this point I wasn't, my sister and I had had a falling out. So I had no family left. Um, I just had my husband. And like I said, he, she kind of changed on me and sort of, I believe, I believe manipulated the situation where I was, wasn't as feisty or strong as I usually was. And, um, was still feeling very insecure, but I was still dealing with an eating disorder, still dealing with body image issues, even though I was super fed and, um, I sort of obsessed with that. And we opened up our marriage and that, I, I just, I, I started to believe I served two purposes in the world, which was one to be the best mother I could be because I really losing my mother young, almost dying myself. It was so important for me that every memory that my kids had was like amazing and that they felt loved every second of the day. And that was so important to me. So I felt like that was, that was one part, but then I felt as far as my worthiness, the only thing that I was good for was as a sexual object. And so I started to, seek sort of love and validation through the sexualization of my body. And that was through for a few months I danced. I was, I worked as a stripper. I didn't sleep because I was with my kids all day and I would go to the club at night and I would dance and get home. And I was, I was the only dancer that had a, uh, didn't drink. And I had uh, um, a power drink. I had my little protein shake in my locker because then I would go to the gym, the 24 hour gym and work out and I wouldn't sleep for two days. Um, and then I was, I just, this, I sort of went, got into this whole sort of promiscuous kind of life. And I was living this double life as this trying to be the perfect mom, but all it, that way, but then also, um, just being this sexual object and, and kind of putting myself out there for whoever gave me attention. And it wasn't, I wasn't cheating. My husband knew about it. I mean, it, I wouldn't have crossed the line if he hadn't suggested it. Um, but it, it, it took a toll on me cause you can't, you can't, it just doesn't, you, you can't last. Cause like I said, I wasn't mm -hmm. sleeping, I wasn't eating. Um, mm -hmm. and I was, I was abusing my body like in, in, I wasn't doing drugs. I was, it's amazing. I didn't, I didn't take a drug. I didn't have a sip of alcohol for the years that I was living this double life. Um, mm -hmm. it was just, I was running on trauma. I was running on trauma, but, mm -hmm. uh, but it took, it, it nearly destroyed me and I had to pull myself back out of that. Absolutely, I gotta, uh, I, I, I gotta get the book. You know, what I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I really do. I mean, you know, it, it sounds like a lot of uh, a lot of things that's going on, and you know, it takes a resilient person to, you know, to, to, you know, you know, get, you know, get through all that, get through the gauntlet of things like that, and still be, you know, uh, vertical to talk about them. So, uh, you know, kudos to you. I'm serious uh, because. People like you are inspiring, you know what I mean? I hope I hope, hope they get the book. And, you know, a lot of times you can read some things, kind of transfer, you know, better, you know, with a different medium like in person. So if, you know, if you if they can get to the book signing or, or tune into some things like this, I think you get the bonus. You know, you get the book, but then when you get the, when you get the woman, you get the bonus. And so hopefully uh, people will tune in and really get it. I, I know I'm going to get it. So uh, it's I, a quick I, I, read and I don't hold okay. back. I mean, that's one thing I'll tell you is okay. that there are people there are a lot of people who told me that especially people who knew me who said that they, mm. they felt like they were they were reading my diary or they felt like they were in my bedroom and it was very like they shouldn't be there they shouldn't be reading it was i i don't i i decided if i <laughs> if i was gonna write it i was gonna write it like in and and there were times i'm telling you i'd be typing and mm -hmm. i take my hands off the keyboard and go can i say that i don't know can i say that i Absolutely. i gotta say it you know um <laughs> So, so I, cause I want, I'm, I'm kind of a go big or go home kind of exactly. person. I, 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 and if I was going to do it, then I'm not going to hold that. Like, what's the point? Cause then, exactly. cause you know what, if I didn't tell it all, then it would tell me that I still feel shame right. and yeah. I don't feel shame anymore. And I, yeah. my book is, my book is dedicated to anyone who's struggling.
to get mm-hmm. through some very difficult situations with very little support. And so we can only do, we can only do the best we can at that time. And now I would do much better, but we have to, I, I always say now it's not about, you can't punish yourself for your struggles. You have to be proud of your survival. Mm-hmm. So it's not how we got there that matters. It's just the fact that we got there mm-hmm. that matters. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, Absolutely. so, so you're stripping now. Um, there's a lot of uh, trauma going on. Um, you, you say yeah. you have you having an open open marriage. Did, did you feel like that you was being forced Kinda. to do that, or you, or you, no, you, you did something mean, that you wanted, but you no, didn't want no. it at that very time? No, no. So I wasn't forced. It's very important for me to say that it was. I wasn't forced. Um, it, but but I never would have. It was. It wasn't what I wanted. I didn't feel loved. I felt. I felt that if I wasn't lovable, then I at least at least maybe I could be desired and I would get my self-worth from that, you know? And so and so it became the only way that I could I didn't feel loved at home. And so but if other men were desiring me, then I can feel that I'm worth something, even though when I was with other people, it made me feel shitty. You know, I felt I felt in control very briefly and then I would punish myself oftentimes and it and it makes no sense but oftentimes I would be with somebody and then I would be with somebody else just to prove to myself what a horrible person I was for what I was doing it was like I had to I had to I I was so bad that I had to prove that I was bad by continuing Mm -hmm. to do bad things like but I didn't have anyone there to to help like it just I was so alone yeah um And it was, and again, I wasn't sleeping and I wasn't eating and I wasn't taking care of myself. And I had just been through, I mean, we're talking, I got out of the hospital in, I think, March of 2000. My younger son was born in 2001. And so this, and this all started in 2001, the sort of the the change in my marriage. So I was only, I just learned how to walk again. And, and, and my, I still have scars from major surgeries and within a year I this is what's happening it's it's a lot it was a lot but um so it it was but I did I did have this weird sense of control I guess because I felt like it's my body so I can do what I want with it and 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 it, it it I was a really messed up sense of control I wish I wish that the rebel in me would have said, fuck you, I'm not doing this, and, and moved myself out of it. Instead, I was going to be like, oh, yeah, you think you have control? Watch me. And it was just, <laughs> it wasn't good. And it did nearly destroy me because, you know, I, I it did. It, between the eating disorder and between that and the guilt that I felt and, and the terror, like the fear that, I mean, my kids were toddlers at the time, and I was horrified that somebody would, somebody's dad would be at the club and see me or, or be at the swingers club when I was with my partner and they'd see me or that somehow it would get to my kids. Like I'd be walking through the grocery store and afraid that somebody would see me and say something like, it was just not, not a way to live. And again, I felt like I was a bad person and I felt like, Oh, my mother and brother would be so ashamed. And, and I didn't have anyone there saying, no, you know, you're, you deserve better or you're, so it, it really did. I started seeing how I was affecting other people and, I I got myself out of it, but I'll tell you this: it was a two-parter because I got myself out of the situation. And again, in the book, in the book, I do talk about the things that I did. And but um, after I got out of it, I did change my life, and I went into recovery for my eating disorder, and I got healthy and physically healthy and, and mentally healthy. And I I became a body image advocate, and I created a program where I took to schools, and I was on. I was the, 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 anytime there was something in the news about body image and kids or dieting and kids, I would be called to, to speak about it in the media. Like it was my thing and it was great. And I was helping people, but I had never processed what I had been through. I had never processed mm-hmm. how I had survived. And I started to feel like a fraud. I was still afraid mm-hmm. that I would be speaking on TV about body image and somebody would see me and know my past and, and I had these, my, this imagination of like somebody calling the station and saying, oh, well, you don't know who she really is or, mm-hmm. or 
somebody's wife called. Like I just, I didn't, I didn't know. And I was terrified. And I felt like, again, I had never, I had never accepted what I had done as just my way of coping. And so I crashed again. And still my marriage was not in a great place. We were doing our best for our kids. Um, um, but I, it just went, and I, I kind of relapsed into the, my eating disorder and I, and I started to feel like I honestly believed that I shouldn't be here anymore. I believed that again, that the world, that I was taking up space and resources that I didn't deserve. Absolutely. And I started to wonder everything. I started to wonder if, if it was my time to go, if it would be better for my kids if I just wasn't here anymore. And that went on for, for a while. And then, um, and it was bad. And this is, this is only six years ago. Like this isn't, this isn't this is a million recent. years ago. This is not and, 20 years ago. This is actually recent. Right. Right. So the, the craziness that I did was 20 years ago, but the, the sort of it coming back and me, back me again. not, yeah, my my self worth was so in the gutter um, mm-hmm. that that's how I started. And then it was I had this really sort of interesting exchange with a woman at the grocery store who saw something in me that I thought was gone. She just saw a light in me that I didn't think was there. And seeing seeing that through somebody else, I mm-hmm. I sort of went, wait, wait. So may, maybe I'm not done yet. Maybe there's mm-hmm. maybe there's something in me still. And I actually credit my mother mm-hmm. with that. Like, I feel like if I didn't have her at the very beginning, kind of telling me that I'm great, you know, that, uh, that, that I'm worthy, that I don't, I don't, I think she planted that seed before she died. Absolutely. And, and it was good to grow again. And then I realized, okay, you know what, this isn't where my story ends. This isn't, I didn't go through everything I went through to have it end here. And I decided to sort of to fight my way back and again and to get healthy again and to leave my marriage. And, and that's when, and that's what I did. And since then everything's completely changed. And it was just last year when I wrote the book and it was last year when I just decided I was turning 50 and I felt like if I can't be completely me now, what the hell am I waiting for? And I, and I was still hiding sort of parts of me and I thought, what am I doing? Like, I don't want to hide who I don't want to be ashamed of any, nobody can shame me if I'm not feeling ashamed and nobody can come up to me with anything from my past. If I'm the one now, somebody says, Hey, I heard you used to, I'm like, yeah, page 112, read it for yourself. Like I, I literally (laughs) have an open book and Mm -hmm. it's been completely liberating. And it's, it's Mm -hmm. funny. It's, there's a quote. It says something like, once you ruin your reputation, you're free. And it's true. Like, you what? Are. So, what? Mm-hmm. There's nothing. I already said everything. Right. So, mm-hmm. it's just an incredibly liberating, liberating experience. Hey, I, I call that. I call that the etch a sketch effect, right? You know how you have an etch a sketch, right? So you have an etch a sketch, and you're drawing with your little fucking wheels and all that, right? And then you go to try to draw something different, and you never can. You got to shake that fucker up. You got to shake, 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 shake until it's all clean, and you can't go really any further until you clear the slate. You see what I'm saying? Sure. And that's what you, you know, and that's what you're doing. That's right. my etch a sketch effect. You clearing, clearing the slate so you can start anew. And if somebody else come up, you know, oh man, this, that, and the third, yeah, like you say, pay. Page 54 said, I'll read it to you. I'll quote it for you. You know what I mean? So exactly. That's, you know, that's what's happening. You really can't go on. And, and that process, you know, that process takes place when it takes place. Everybody has a, a different exit point, a different entry point. You know what I mean? It really is some Twilight Zone shit. You know, people say, you know, you say you just had your birthday and all that happy belated birthday. You see what I'm saying? But when you come to term, it's when you come to term with, you know, with ripeness and all that. You know, it's a different, it's a different fucking century for everybody. If this century ain't yours, maybe the next one will be. You know what I mean? So you got to just continue to down that path where the ebbs and flows and all that because like again, you know, you wanted to give up. Hey, man, no, your mom, your kids, nah, 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 not a fucking good look. I gotta really dig down <laughs> and pull my ass up out of this. You see what I'm saying? And to put it out there is the biggest fucking fear in the world. But once it's behind you, everybody can suck a fucking ass. Then you know what I mean? You done, <laughs> and you can just roll on. You know what I mean? And that's, that's where it. you are. And that's where you are. So I'm kudos with you. I'm on the train with. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the thing, and you and you truly, and that's 
that's when you really don't care. I mean, look, you've seen my Instagram. I think like I dance and I lip sync and I'm ridiculous, but I don't care because it, it's, it makes me happy. And, yeah. and that's what, it, especially now when the world is brutal. That oh, fuck if, that. if not, <laughs> not when find, you have to, you have to find some joy. You have to find whatever it is that, that brings you a little bit of joy. And for me, it's putting on music and dancing like an idiot, but, but, that that is my and I will post it and, and I get plenty so many people who are saying you know that they love it and I know that there are plenty of people who are going uh again for sure but I Absolutely. don't care it's it's <laughs> it just doesn't matter anymore and that that's the thing too it's you can get if you can get to that point if you can really get to that point when the only validation you need is your own when when you know you're a good person when you're not hurting anybody but when you're just living your truth there's ah uh, it's it is the it's this, these, I haven't felt safe in my life since like the day my brother died was the last time I felt safe. But now I feel safe because I'm comfortable with, I know I'm going to be okay. Cause I, 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 for the first time in my life, I like who I am. I can't control what's out there, but at least I can look at myself in the mirror and be okay with that. And that's huge. It is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, my next question um, for you is, Everybody has a breaking point, right? So, when, mm-hmm. like, so what was your breaking point? And like, to say to yourself, like, you know what, Marcy, I need to get my shit together. What was it? Was it one thing, or was it multiple events that like I need to get my shit together? Oh, that's, I think that's happened a dozen times in my life. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, because I because there's been so many different things. Right. I honestly, there have been so many times. Um, I think the first time um, was, like I said, where I was living in that crazy life um, many, 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 many years ago. And it was, I had, it was, it was really brought to my attention that I, my, my actions were hurting other people that I, I didn't really realize that I knew I was kind of hurting myself, but I didn't really care at mm. that point. But I realized that my actions were hurting other people and that I couldn't accept. I, I, that I, I, I couldn't do that. And so that was the first thing that kind of made me go, okay, I need to make some changes. And then, so, and, and then the second part was, like I said, it was, it was, I was, I was driving home considering driving my car into, you know, an overpass and then mm. um, getting to the grocery store to pick up binge foods to just eat and cry until it was time to get my kids from school. And this woman at the store made a comment about how every time she sees me, I have such a light in me. And I'm like, who is she, who is she talking to? Like, uh, what? I had to stop 10 times in the store just to like remind myself to breathe and not cry. And she, but she was like, no, I see. And I'm like, what is she seeing? And it was that, that I kind of, I went home and I cried. And then I, and then I didn't cry again for like three months because I was like, that's it. Like I'm, this is it. Like I'm getting my shit together. I didn't, I didn't know what it meant exactly, but I knew that this was it. It was, it was time. It was time. And, and that's what, what it was. And, but, it, but since then there've been so many little things because leaving a marriage when you've, I got married at 24. I, had, I hadn't lived on my own. I, when I was married, I was living, I was embarrassed to say that I was living like a 1950s housewife. Like I had never paid a bill. I never it's did clever. anything. And so Kind of, well, kind of, um, but, but, but I, when I, Wally. when I left, I had to, I had to learn everything. Exactly. That was terrifying. That was, I was learning, like, I, I've been through more than, let's say, a lot of people have. However, in some ways, learning things now at my age that people have known how to do for years because I just didn't, I, a, I didn't know how to do. I just never did it. I, like I said, I never paid a bill. I had to. I had to learn about finances. I had to learn. Mm-hmm. There was. I. It wasn't. I was in my forties. Okay, this is crazy. I was in my forties when I would put gas in my own car because I was. I didn't. I was. I thought it was too stupid to figure out how to put gas in the car, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't even put gas in my own car. Like that's how. That's how bad my self esteem was. Mm-hmm. And then I go from from that to living on my own to having to do. Every, and again, I didn't have parents, you know, I didn't have family to support me. So I'm learning how to do everything on my own. And it was terrifying, mm-hmm. but it was so exciting. And I was so hopeful mm-hmm. because I felt like, I felt like in some ways it's easier to stay in a difficult situation because it's what you know. 
And it, there's a weird sort of safety there. But for me, I saw it as possibility. You know, I didn't, I, I wasn't scared of what was coming, even though I didn't have any idea. I still, I don't plan five minutes ahead. I really don't because life has told me, what are you kidding? Like you can try, but it's not going to. Um, and I just kind of, I just know I'll be okay. You know, whatever happens, I'll be okay. But mm-hmm. I like the idea of possibility. I, I, I'm more comfortable. I discovered that my safe place is like not a safe place. Like my comfort mm-hmm. zone is to not be in a comfort zone. Mm. If I feel like things are too, if somebody says, okay, here's, do you want to know what your next 10 years? I don't, I don't want to, I just, I like the idea of being open to whatever, to possibility. That's how I thrive, I think. You know, I think there's things in life, you know, various things in life that, 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 you know, you know, you know, causes us to pause and, you know, or, and serves as like epiphanies for people and shit like that. And, you know, for me, you know, this whole COVID thing, you know, and I, and I think it's, it, it just really it shook something up in me. And I didn't I didn't change. I didn't I didn't try to shift shit. I'm not you know, I ain't, I wasn't feeling seismic going into it, but my plates are fucking shifted. And, 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 I, and I, you know, I'm aware of who I am. So I'm aware that they shifted and I'm ready to fucking guide the ship. But it is a situation where I really don't give a fuck who doing, saying what or doing anything. I'm going to do me. So I'm saying I'm gonna be the fucking I'm gonna be the best fucking fad I can be, and so well, you know once you do that and you leave it all on the table, there's nothing else you can do. You know what I mean? That's it. That's that's all you can do. You can you got to leave it on the table. You know what I mean? You got to leave it. And only there. you can decide. And only you can decide what the best that is. That's right. right. It's, not, it's not the best that in somebody else's opinion nope. or through somebody else's eyes. Only nope. it's, it's it's just you. It's just you that's know it's right. like. It's like you say, you know, I'm, I'm, you're not me, I'm not you. So right. when, once people start realizing that, start understanding, hey, you're not me, I'm not you, yeah. then things get easier. You know, your life doesn't have to make sense to anyone but you. Right. Exactly. And then when you start when you start being your true self, those naysayers and all that, you'll find out that either they'll float away from you or they become fucking fans. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, wow, look at this person. Look at them. You go. They fucking they they're, they're your biggest cheerleader because they see you doing what they want to do and they haven't reached that point yet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's 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 my that's the way I see it, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree. So you know, like uh, like twenty years ago, um, nobody on this earth was talking about mental health. Now nowadays, everybody's talking about mental health. Um, it's still hard to get help, though. <laughs> right, it's still hard to get help. Um, a, a person told me that your mind is the only thing that could actually trap you and release you at the same time. Ooh. How about that? I like that. Yeah, so my question to you is um, how day-to-day, how how are you dealing with your mental health and what made you uh, come um, come out and actually express yourself more and you know, to, to tell your story more about, you know, because you, you went through a lot of trauma. And if you would have mm-hmm. had, like, some certain help, certain resources that we have now, um, how you think um, how you think your life would do you, how how you think your life would have turned out dealing with mental health at an early stage? So a few things. Yeah, well, but here's the thing. I think hmm, so. I was seeing therapists during this. I mean, I was okay. so it wasn't that I didn't have. I was seeing that, but I think the bigger problem is it's society. I think. I think I was still, I could talk to somebody and have somebody I trust and talk about certain things, but my fear was still about what other people were going to say. I had still had so much fear over being, and how it would impact everything else. So, so I think the fact that, because people are, and they don't, it's like I said, now that I speak out and you have people, I have people who, because like I said, there's so many different aspects of my story that people aren't coming to me saying, I went through everything the same, but they, people have been through loss. People have been through relationship stuff people have been through body image stuff people have been through different parts of it and that's where I think the help comes from is when you don't feel alone it's when you feel supported when you say I did this and someone goes oh me too and you realize okay I'm not alone I think there's a lot to to that um I think um as far as what I do now look it's I I think I did great the first part of this 
pandemic, I was okay, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like I was all right. And then it just, it, it's, it's a lot. And, and it's not, I'll tell you, in my opinion, it's going to, maybe this is sound ridiculous, but the worst part of this whole, the last couple of years that we've been through, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it, the pandemic and death and all, it's horrible. But I think what's been w- worse for me, what's been the most disheartening was seeing the hate and this selfishness and the violence and, and uh, uh, like all of that, like how I, I just such, I lost faith in humanity. Like the, mm-hmm. the viciousness that we've seen, but we have seen the, in my, we've seen the worst of people. And mm-hmm. because we're all we're doing is we're attached to our screens and we're just seeing uh, awful. Uh, and that to me was really tough and mm-hmm. still tough. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also creating so much change now. Mm-hmm. It's such a time of change. It's insane. Like I think in a few years when we're kind of, uh, there's going to, it's going to be amazing. I think because we're going through such a change in so many different ways. Um, but I think what there were days when it's been really tough and, mm-hmm. and, um, and I live on my own and it's been, you know, quarantine was quite two birthdays in quarantine. You know I mean? Yeah. It's tough. Right. Um, so it's, but so, so I think it's, it's a conscious effort sometimes where I'll wake up and I, I know, okay, like you've got to, you got to focus on, on positive. That doesn't mean, listen, there are days when I know, okay, this is going to be, I'm going to feel it today. And I let myself feel it. I am not somebody who's like, you woke up today. So be, you're blessed and be happy and don't feel sad. No, like there are days when you need to feel it. And if that means sitting Absolutely. on the couch and eating friggin' cookies all day, then that's, that's what you should do. Right. Knowing that the next day you'll have the strength to, to do something. But like I said, I dance every day. I'll go out. I'm lucky enough to live where there's like near trails and the woods. And, and so I'll go out and, and do that. Um, but it's, 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 it's that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the balance of letting yourself feel mm-hmm. you need to feel it. And then finding the joy in the other days. Um, but it's Absolutely. that, it's that, it's that balance. I mean, you have to be in it. You know what I mean. Life, life is about being in it. You know what I mean. I, you know, I, I have a, a teenage son, and I always grab his leg, and he always like, "Man, what are you doing?" And I'm like, "You, I, I need to feel you. You need to feel me. You know what I mean. You know, you know, touch is real. You see what I'm saying? You know, I, I, I love Steve Jobs and everything they did with all the iPads and iPods and all that shit. But that shit started to pot us off. You see what I'm saying? We on a fucking podcast right now. You see what I'm saying and so you know you know we we aren't really meant like that as human beings uh, just to be potted off we you know we're, we're, we're social beings and all that and so when they start potting us off that's when you know people start melting down that's why people that go to prison are so fucking crazy you know what i mean so mm-hmm. in this in this climate where we are like potted off and all that we have to do something you better do something otherwise you'll mm-hmm. succumb to yourself you know that amoeba start to be at your ass you know what i mean and so it all depends on what you do with that energy you know what i mean and and and, and, and again you know it could go it's a fork in the road you know we just had thanksgiving everybody's had thanksgiving around the world you fucking pull the wishbone which end did you get which way are you mm-hmm. gonna go it's a it's a decision it's a fork in the road and for those that didn't take you know right the path the right path you know yeah, yeah ain't no telling what's gonna be at the other end you know like to say this thing is brought out the worst in people and it's about out some of the best in people and so mm-hmm. but you have to feel you know what i mean you got to be present but you got to be present for all of it you got to be present mm-hmm. for the good and the fucking bad you just can't mm-hmm. be sitting up eating the ice cream and leave the peas you got to eat the carrots right. and everything you got to you got to be across the board with this <laughs> That's right. But then you also have to, there are times when you have to know that it's okay to take a break. Like there are times when I know Absolutely. I, that, I, that, I, that <laughs> you know, you want it, you don't want to be like, no, 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 nothing's happening. Nothing bad's happening. But at the same time, you can't overdose. Cause you can't like, you can have information 24 hours a day, seven days a week, just coming. And there are times when you have to go, no, like I just, now I need to just zone out. Now I need to not have all that information. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, it's that, but it's like a moderate diet, right? You, mm-hmm. you, you kind of only ice cream and you don't want to have just peas. So you gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta know how much to have of both. Gotta have that balance, that equilibrium. <laughs> no, gotta have that balance. And so, you know sometimes it'll be more of one and more of the yeah, other, and that's okay. I, no, and that's you okay. Know? No, it, it really yeah. is. It really is. You know, it really is about, you know, it's about really loving yourself to tell the truth. You know, we always say that we love our family and we love our kids and all that. And we do. I know I do. 
But if you don't love your fucking self first, you really can't do anything for them. You know what I mean? Love, it's man. about surf love, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's about self love. And if you don't if you don't have a crown, I'll get your ass a crown. You a queen, you a king. Act like that, you know what I mean? And it's really not about a physical crown, it's about how you feel about yourself. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And sometimes like everything, all crowns will rust. So you gotta polish that shit up. You just can't let that shit just sit there and think that's gonna clean forever and ever and ever. No, you have to put some work in too, you know what I mean? Yeah, and they say, you know what, if you if somebody who's who's miserable to other people is probably just miserable. You can't be really happy with yourself and be right. miserable to other people. Like, right. if you're having a great day, if you're feeling great, then you're going to be nicer to the people that, that you come across. If you're having a horrible day, you're just not going to be as nice just because you're feeling lousy. So it's just like you said, if, you're, if you take care of yourself, whatever that means, yeah. if you're taking care of yourself physically, emotionally, psychologically, then you will be better you'll be a better person out in the world. So we That's have true, to take care of, we have to, and we lose sight of that. We think we have to be the best work-wise or for our family, but we neglect ourselves. And that just sets everything up for disaster. So we, yeah, you have to taking, it's that whole, there's a lot of self-care talk, but it is really important because it if is. you take care of yourself, what is the thing that they say on a plane, right? If you're, if the oxygen mask comes down, put on yourself first and then exactly. you help. Because if you're helping exactly. other people, you, you can't, you're going to, so Everybody's you have to gone. take care of yourself first, and then you'll be of service to other people. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, my last question for you, Marcy, is um, your your book. Yeah. Um, um, yes. Yes. So, when did you actually? Um, oh, there it goes. When did you actually uh, come <laughs> up with the idea of writing the book, and what was the process of actually um, writing a book and actually getting it out to the world? So it was quick. I always knew I wanted it. I always thought it'd be great if I could write a book. I just didn't think I could because I thought, A, it's a big undertaking. And I, and I didn't, I wasn't really a writer. I didn't think I could do it. And I, and my life was so crazy. I thought, I had a therapist once say to me, it would be a great book, but nobody would believe everything happened to one person. Um, and this is before half the things happened. So I, I just didn't know. But then I had friends who were like, no, you, you could really help people and you should do it. And I thought, Again, I think I was turning 50 and I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it. And, and I had no book deal or anything, and I, but I needed to get it out. I didn't want to die without getting my story out. It was just something I needed to do. And, um, and I wrote it, and I wrote it in about seven months. And wow. I just literally would write. That's all, that's all I did. And I would write Quick through write. the night because I, wow. there were times when I didn't want to stay in that part of my life for more than a day. So I would write until 7 o'clock in the morning, 8 o'clock in the morning. I mean, I was in physical pain when I was writing. Like, it was a lot to, a lot of trauma to revisit. Yeah. All the wounds that had healed, I opened. Um, because I wanted to dig deep. I wanted you to feel what I felt. I'm not just telling you the story. Like, I'm bringing you with me in the story. Yeah. Um, and then and then I ended I got lucky enough to have it picked up by a publisher. And it was published. I got, I finished writing it. It was December 31st. And then I got the book deal in February. And then, then COVID hit, like right before COVID. And I thought, uh-oh. But, um, but it came out. It came out last year. And, um, yeah, it's been it's – it, it's changed my life. Just in the fact that I'm it, – look, it's weird. It's weird. I'll tell you, at the beginning it was very weird when people would message me, like through social media, people I knew, people I didn't know, and say, I ordered your book. My first thought was, wow, great. And then my second thought was, oh, my God, they're going to get to know me <laughs> really yeah, well <laughs> like they're gonna know and it, like that and it's still a, it's still a weird yeah. feeling when yeah. you know people because like i said i don't hold back so mm -hmm. it's pretty I in can't. your face with things and so it's you know you get there's no you you there's yeah you'll you'll know me pretty well after you read the book um but i'm it's just for me I, like i said i'm kind of at this point of my life i'm just there's more years behind me than in front of me and i'm gonna live my life as loud as i want to Absolutely, absolutely. A round of applause for that. Right so good. Round of applause, <laughs> Marcy, Miss Walcraft. You are an amazing person. You have an incredible story. You are now officially associate alumni. So anytime you want to come back on the show, uh, just to stop by part of our panel and talk about this life, to talk about mental health, politics, or whatever you awesome so like that, you're more than welcome to come back. Um, where, I'd love it. Can you tell Association uh, where they could get your book? Yes. So again, it's called 
uh, The Good Stripper, A Soccer Mom's Memoir of Lies, Loss, and Lap Dances. And you can order it off of Amazon. So you can get nice. it hard copy or in uh, Kindle. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. I'm actually going to put that. that link. Um, you got to get that. Bio, we so get that. You go out and support Marcy. Um, that is anything you want to um, say before we, we get out of here? It is, Jeff. You know, check this out, everybody. You know I'm a part of the Saucy family, right? First of all, get Marcy's book. That shit going to be hot. I I know I'm logging on to get it, and I hope I see you so I can get me a signed copy and all that shit, right? Absolutely. But I'm still part of the Saucy family and all that. But I got a, I got a house. I got a little apartment over on uh, on YouTube, right? Because I do poetry, right? And uh, I, f- I finally start doing something with it. I got a lot of pieces, and I got some things over on YouTube. Look up TF and Crowns or 16 ounce soul the shit is dope i got another one coming out tomorrow and the shit just gonna be flowing out i'm biased because i wrote it but the shit is dope part of the saucy conversation family jeff is in the fucking videos and so you will see it marcy tune on that so i'm gonna guess yeah push that push that shit on send it to me too so i yeah jeff can you send jeff can you send the shit i'm I'm telling you i'm biased but it's bad i'm biased but it's banging and this is what this uh, climate has did for me. So, Marcy, I'm glad you was here. You further inspire me. You see what I'm saying? Because, uh, again, you know, if not now, then when? You right. see what I'm saying? It's, it really yeah. is. And this cliche is right. It's either now, fucking never. And I ain't going to, you know, I'm going to my grave trying to do some shit that I want to do. So I appreciate my man, Jeff. I appreciate you and go and get on that shit. Like I got, a, I got a spot dropping tomorrow. Subscribe at like seven o'clock. It's called the, the the Movement Advisory. The Movement Advisory. It's the shit, and uh, you'll be seeing more of it. Jeff, I'm gonna shut the fuck up, Marcy. Get on the channel. <laughs> Put- I will. To push that shit on out. I'm going to get on. I'm going to get a book. And, and, and we're going to keep this thing rolling. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'm actually put the link to your channel uh, in the description below. Make sure uh, Social Nation. Hell yeah. Please spread the word about the podcast. Uh, we appreciate everybody who actually uh, tune in and actually subscribe to all the platforms we on. We appreciate the love and support. Our followers is up 28%. So we appreciate you. We're going to put out more content. We haven't put out more content in a while. Everybody, you're doing your own thing, but the Saucy family is getting back together. We're going to be pushing this content. Um, more content going forward. Make sure you uh, shout out to our sponsors. Make sure you go and support our sponsors. Uh, Click A Vodka, shout out to them. Shout out to everybody over there. And shout out to Holistic Money Max. <laughs> yeah, don't forget to uh, actually use that promo code HRME Saucy. Shout out to Fernice. Shout out to Mac, the rest of the Saucy crew, Saucy family. Uh, don't forget, um, we, we are having. Um, our own 24-7 TV network streaming service, okay? That's coming next year. I know I don't have a date, so stop asking me about it, right? But we get everything together, so once we can have everything together, then I'm going to make the big announcement. The trailer is, is coming soon. So if you want uh, to be a part of Social Nation TV, right, just set us up, TV at gmail.com. Podcasters, independent movie directors, Anything that you do, if you want your content on my channel, on my uh, network, just hit hit me up, and I will give you all the details. All right. So don't forget to get some fishing merch, social conversation merch on Teespring. Um, don't forget to follow our all our social media pages. Uh, don't forget to follow me at Jeff Owsley on Facebook and uh, Smash in General on Instagram as well. And we appreciate everybody. We see you on the next one. We see you on episode eight. Peace and love, y'all. On a string and it gives she wanna bring I would give her anything if she would just do what I